And health, as I see, is not only physical body, it is um, our mental health, it is our emotional health, it is our energetic health. It is the energy that we have in ourselves, it is the inner power that we create in ourselves. And I don't mean physical strength, but the power that is just creating that momentum and the willingness to create nice things in the world. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and so excited to bring you this episode and uh, somebody that I connected who connected with me through LinkedIn and is coming today uh, to us from just outside of Prague. I'm always fascinated. Um, if you've listened to some of my episodes, I've done some interviews with people in Ireland, in Australia, and somebody like me who loves to travel and loves to just connect with other people. It's just a real fun Time for me, besides the content that we're going to share today, just to be able to connect with others that are um, around the globe or in a different country than us. So today, uh, Michaela Chernokova is joining uh, me. And again, she has connected with me through LinkedIn and thought that, um, you know, what she does and uh, and helping other people with emotional eating and um, just, again, getting in touch with their emotions and knowing more about ourselves and loving ourselves first, that we can, you know, love the food and appreciate the food and things like that. We're going to talk about some emotional eating today. And um, again, just help having healthy relationships with ourselves and food. So welcome, Michaela, to my show. I'm really thrilled that you're here. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk with you and your listeners. You know, I loved as we connected and you started to share with me just your experience that you've had in growing up and some of your um, just interaction with people with with eating and nourishment and things like that. And so I'd love for you to start just again, start with that, the story of how you got really curious about about this idea of emotional eating or how we nourish ourselves and where that comes from and where our emotions come from. Um, Cause I think that's a, I think that's really important to share really why you, why you're um, passionate about what you do today. I grew up in not really healthy family dynamic and um, that uh, bringed me into like self-discovery So from very early age, I was very curious about my own emotions, my own behavior, why I am so defensive in specific situations, why my parents are behaving the way as they behave, what they feel, why they feel it. So the emotional part was always there. And then it has the second part, which is connected to food and our habits around the food. Um, So there were many little talks uh, and words that were said in the childhood and sometimes it was from teasing sometimes it was actually serious uh, thing that came from 
many beliefs of our caregivers. So for, for instance, my caregivers were uh, believing that uh, disease that we had in our family and uh, obesity that, that uh, we experience in our family members, it's something that is genetic. So sooner or later, I will be either obese or will have cancer or diabetes or any like other disease. And that was really terrifying me. Um, so what I could do was that I could start to believe in it and basically live self-fulfilling prophecy. Or, and that was my case, that I was like rebellious against this and <laughs> telling myself like, this will never happen to me. So I was really doing anything that I could do for a healthy lifestyle. And from basically my 15, I was very interested in yoga and meditation, uh, which was hard in my country because in my country, there, there was basically nothing about this at that time. My coping mechanisms were quite healthy, at least from outside, it looked like. But, you know, as you grow up, like things are happening, life becomes more complicated. Uh, there are many much more stressful situations, job, relationships, travelers and situations connected to traveling. So these uh, all responsibilities then when it's too much uh, and uh, we still carry that baggage from the past, it will at some point uh, open up. So. At some point, I end up in a situation where I was basically like the egg with the shell that was cracked and all the yolk mm. came out and it was messy and um, confusing. So what really helped me was to find technique how to work with this baggage and actually really get deeper into my emotional state, not only through accepting the things, but actually actively working to bring awareness into the patterns that I have and step-by-step step changing them. And this is continuous process that for me, as I see, it is not really ending anywhere. Um, so it's something that I dedicated my path, my journey to, uh, because actually at that point when we discovered that this is pattern, it's so nice to know that we can change it. It creates like so much new space and that is the place where we can find much more inside of us and we can start to dig more into our potential, into new mm -hmm. things and discover ourselves. So if you like imagine the, the quadrants about your personality, like that is the place, like things that I didn't know about myself and no one knows about myself. This is like this beautiful space of lot of opportunities and no new that can come to your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I love what um, you were saying, what you've been saying, and how that many times. I mean, we, I mean, we talk about choices all the time on this podcast, and it's kind of what you're saying is that you, the way that you were raised and the things that you heard from those around you you did have a choice. You could have, you could have, you heard that if you just the way that your family was, and if you continued to eat 
um, and perhaps eat poorly that it would lead to diabetes, cancer, you'd be fat, you'd be overweight and things like that. And so you had that choice to either stay that way and say, yes, this is the way it's going to be. Or you had that choice to think differently or to act differently. And then that I love that um, visual that you gave us of the egg and that you were a fragile egg that was starting to crack and then the yolk spilled out and it became messy and your life was messy. I love that. That's really, really good. But I love it because often, you know, what, what made me think that often we, our life, you know, we have these cracks, we have these weaknesses and things start to spill out and life becomes a little messy and we're not interested in looking at the mess right? Or yeah, what caused yeah. the mess or perhaps what caused the cracks. And that's what I think is cool about what you've done. Um, and I don't know if you got guidance from others, but it's, you know, you went on this path of that self-discovery to find things that could be helpful for you so that you didn't necessarily have to live that path that everybody was telling you that that's what was going to happen you know, perhaps in your life and in what you were seeing around you. And I think that's a powerful message that that you shared. And I hope others hear that we do have choices because I have another a very it made me think of a friend that I have a close friend who that was the same situation. All of her, her parents and her grandparents, and they were all very overweight, ill, many diseases and disorders. And she really pretty much thought that that's what her life was going to turn out to be. And she had, she was having some, some health issues too, but that's when she found me and, um, you know, in my wellness business and we helped her make some changes and she was really dedicating her life similarly to finding a way that she didn't, it wasn't, she wasn't going to be repeating what was happening in her family's life. And she tried to help them, but they were kind of closed off to that. So she decided, well, I'll, help myself yeah and that's the thing that um, the clients are not coming to me because they have the they have the knowledge they they know that uh how to be healthy they they can read everything but the thing is that they are unaware what what they are doing like uh, what they can do differently they we are unaware of these patterns that we have uh, and it's not that we don't want to see it or that we are lazy or we have like uh, lacking willpower. This is not the thing. We we are strong and we actually want so much to live better life and fulfilled life. This is like the biggest thing that we want to really live fulfilled life. Uh, but the thing is that uh, until you actually end up maybe in some environment that is totally different from what was yours, so you clearly see that it can be different. We end up in situations that we don't realize that it can be different. We don't know how it should be. So we are kind of lacking even this imagination because our brain is so focused on being safe. So we are like uh, just trying to figure out where is danger, like five times per second, like is it dangerous situation. So we forgot to actually bring ourselves to that place of imagination, maybe as we were a child. So we could, you know, imagine many opportunities, many options, and we knew what we want to do. But when, as we grow older, so we are just like um, continue to live with all these baggages and more ballast and more bias and everything. 
And then we forget to play, we forget to bring ourselves to the calm place where we have the space for creating uh, beautiful things. So, so that's why it's important to bring yourself to variabilities. For, for me, it's, it, this was what was working during these travels, for instance, because during the travels and seeing the totally different cultures and totally different way of living, I like my, my eyes were just like opening and I was like, oh, I didn't know that this is possible. And I didn't know that I was actually making really poor life choices before and I can do much better. Um, so uh, this is also like the thing that actually my teacher was telling me that uh, life is about raising our standards. If we want to have like fulfilled life, we should raise our standards and it should be even for our health mm. choices. And, and health, as I see, it, is not only physical body, it is... Um, our mental health, it is our emotional health, it is our energetic health, it is the energy that we have in ourselves, it is the inner power that we create in ourselves, and I don't mean physical strength, but the power that is just creating that momentum and the willingness to create nice things in the world. Emotional eating is not only about weight management, it's not that people would be overweight so they visit nutritionists and they don't know how to manage glucose level it is emotions mental space physical body and behavior it is so complex and there are so many shapes and shades of it so it's not one specific solution for everything because the cause and reasons why people fall for these patterns are different. And we all create different defense mechanisms because we all were likely experiencing some trauma uh, during childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, even if we had like the most amazing parents in the world who take care of us, like they did mistakes as well. They are human. Mm -hmm. Just reflecting back to uh, when I grew up and when I started to struggle with my, you know, disordered eating, you know, when things, I remember when things got stressful around me, uh, be it with my parents or in college and interactions with friends or professors or things like that, I remember like my stomach would start to hurt. I would feel that I would take that emotion on and it would hurt my stomach. And so I didn't want to eat. Mm. It's a simple example, but I think it's also something that that's what you're saying is that it's not just because my stomach hurt, then I didn't want to eat. And then if I mm -hmm. did eat, then it didn't even feel good and it didn't digest yeah. well because that stress and that anxiety, you know, as we know, as I know, it slows down the motility and it slows down our digestion and, and, and those kind of things. And so, um, when people say that, or, you know, sometimes people will then take, that they're under stress or they got yelled at by their spouse or, th and then they just start eating to kind of like self-soothe and things like that. And so again, many times people say, well, you just got to eat better. You have to make better choices. Well, what you're saying and really what I want people to hear is there's, there's just so much more involved Absolutely, yeah. than just, you know, make a better choice. It's like, well, let's take a look at everything that's perhaps going on around you your interactions with people. And if you're, if you're brave enough, think about like reflect back to 
if you if I think what you're saying and what I'm hearing you say is that if you want things to change or things to be a little bit different, it's good to look at those patterns of why you continue to do those things, to do the self-soothing with alcohol or food or do the not eating or going for a long walk because you're just because there's that emotional or those those triggers or things like that. Absolutely. And as you mentioned this example, like um, this is what I see in many of my students, actually, that they got really stressed before exams and then they actually do the most self-harming thing that they are stressed. So these emotions, it is why they are stressed, why they are in a fearful state of mind, why they are actually having fear of failure. So this is the thing that should be addressed because if we address this, then we are more relaxed and we can actually nourish our body, as you mentioned perfectly, with with food that actually bring us more energy and help actually our cognitive function so we can prepare better for exams, for instance. But on the other hand, there are many people who deal with this stress to soothe themselves. So they use food as a reward system. This is the other side of, of the same issue. So, so these people will need to work different way because for them, uh, it is the reward that they need to cope with the stressful situation. So for them, we have to find like different reward. So they have like healthy food habits and they feel still rewarded uh, so they ease the tension that they feel and also as you as you mentioned these triggers it's so important to be aware of them so every it can be not only not only that someone is telling us something but it can be as simple as some visuals it can be some smell that reminds us some past traumatic situation or something uncomfortable and we start to be stressed and then we actually don't know why we start to be like, why do I feel this way? And many people who come to me, they actually even don't know how they feel. They are so confused about their feelings. So they cannot even feel where in the body they feel it. So we have to really work on on just like figuring out what they feel and what they want in their life in general, Mm -hmm. because uh, it's, when it's really uh, intense situation, our brain is really protecting us and it really don't want we are overwhelmed. So it's easier to find escape. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to find like the way how we can escape from it and numb it with smoking, with uh, with food or with alcohol. But it, it can be as simple as uh, emotional shopping or traveling uh, or sport. On the other on the other way so the key thing is whether we feel balanced whether we feel that we are fulfilled so this is something that i really seek with with people to find this balance state and fulfillment emotionally uh, mentally physically brought to you by gorski wellness and the possibility of a better you are you feeling sluggish Ready for a change? Need more energy? Up for a bigger challenge? I'm Moira Gorski, retired nurse and wellness advocate. For over 22 years, I've been helping people live healthier lives while making small changes each and every day. Those small changes lead my clients to living a healthier lifestyle with markedly better health. 
As a brand ambassador for the Shackley Corporation, the most clinically proven wellness company in the world, I guide my clients to make healthier choices each day with their food, supplements, skincare, workouts, and mindset. They say getting started is half the battle. Let's make healthy happen together. If you're ready for simple, natural, sustainable solutions to feeling and looking your best, let's connect. You'll find a link in the show notes or reach out to me at moiragorski.com. Here's to a better you. Well, and I, I want to also just give light to the idea that, um, you know, because I made a post on Facebook today and there was quite a bit of um, reaction or there was comments about it. And it it talked about sugar and how we kind of start with this because, mm-hmm. you know, we're in that time of year where we just had Halloween and then we lead to Thanksgiving and we lead to birthdays and Christmas and New Year's. And there's just a lot of there's a lot of attention on food. There's a lot of attention on well, there's just a lot of sugar around. And and so I got some comments that were like, well, wait, it's, you know, there are cultural experiences, there are family gatherings. And and I and and we talked a little bit too before, you know, about traveling and we go and see other cultures and things like that. And again, there's and that's very true. And so again, this is a podcast about some solutions if you're having, you know, issues and you need a little extra help and things like that. There are, yes, I don't want, you know, I don't, I really try to stay away from that whole diet type of culture and things like that. It's, it is about balance. It's about, you know, exploring that. Like when we travel, there can be anxiety around, wow, this is a different way of eating or different times of eating or different foods. And I don't know if I want to eat meat in the morning because I'm not used to doing that, you know, in a different culture or whatever. And so I think life is about experiencing and taking, you know, you're, if you're in a different culture, if you're a different place, like just experiencing that and trying new things. Um, and again, if you find that things continue and that you're having some, you know, issues or health issues or emotional issues, it's good to, again, take a look at some things. And like, I, and just so people know that you are uh, a professor. So when you're saying your students, I mean, you do have people that you help in a business sense with this emotional eating and all that, but you're also a professor. So that's what you've, you've seen, right. And observed with your students that as they're getting close to exam times and things like that, there's so many emotions. And then we, you know, around here, the college kids, they drink the at least what I did in college, the Diet Cokes and then the bangs and the Red Bulls and, you know, to stay up late. And like you're saying, that's no, mm-hmm. it's hard to, we think that that's the best thing to do to try to stay awake and study more. But in the end, it's just really being detrimental to us. Absolutely. Actually, the research that I read about the college students uh, who struggle with depression, like clinically really uh, notice depression, so 30% of them eat fried food and every second of them drink sweet drinks, sweetened drinks. And this is actually like um, something that is so linked to this depression. Uh, and I wish to know at that time when I was studying and I used sugar to have energy because it was also in my culture and my circumstances and my place said like you take chocolate so you will have like energy to study and your brain needs sugar and 
like yes it needs sugar but it needs nourishment and uh, this brought me also to exploration of omega freeze and also um, like I realized that I'm really uh, lacking omega free fatty acids and I thought that if I will take only uh, what is mentioned on the packaging that there will be enough but um, then I realized okay but how do I know that this is what I need, what my body needs, and how do I know how much do I need to supplement? Because I was thinking, okay, I take fish sometimes, so I'm safe. And then when I did actually blood test, I realized I'm in so low number and I was so deficient. So no, uh, no. Uh, so so it was obvious that. I had also um, like really health issues of that. So uh, I had to supplement actually three times more than what was written on the packaging. And this was just simple detail that I had to realize. Um, so this is also something that is important to know <laughs> that uh, we have like some generic inf information, but it's really important to take care of details. And this is something that really affects our cognitive function. So uh, for students, like I'm still talking about this and so they, so they know about this and then like you said, these traveling and cultures and how they are affecting us. I really liked how, how you said it. Uh, we are now in this time of year. But this was for me in Sweden when uh, it was different eating habits. The Sweden is very well known for fika time, which is coffee break. And it's connected with coffee and cookies or something sweet. Uh, they have like this amazing things cinnamon balls and uh, and rolls and delicious cakes and everything but it was so much sugar and the thing is that this figure is for me when i was there and i was foreigner there it was basically the only social opportunity how to get in touch with people so i if i would like to uh, be closer with people and build a relationship especially in academic environment it was important for me to join it and if i join it it was kind of social convention to join it fully and that way i start to struggle with my bed management very easily and this is what happens also on conferences so what was important for me was like really to create healthy boundaries so I can engage with people but have boundaries around the food, around like how to actually uh, be social and, you know, not to annoy the other person with saying no, but with actually explaining what's, what's going on and engage in different conversations. So... Um, so this is something that is also important to know, I think. Yeah, the, our neighbors next door to us, uh, they're uh, Greek. Um, they're two uh, sisters that live together. Uh, one of their one of the sisters, her husband died uh, a few years ago. But they all have, I mean, even Yaya, the when they when we first moved in, it was the 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 mother and then the two sisters and the sister and the husband. And so but anyway, they're Greek. Whenever I go over there, if it's just to say hello or give them, they'll buy some wellness products from me. And so I'll just deliver them to their back door. And, and whenever I go over, 
It's like, would you like some coffee? Would you like a cookie? I mean, they just bring out a plate. They have a tin always of their Greek cookies that they make and they pull them out and they're like, and it's, and you feel, I feel like I'm offending them if I say no. Mm. So I, I completely understand that is when you're, again, you're trying to be social, you're trying to be nice, but you're like, I just, you know, I just ate or something like that. You don't always... Um, I like that what you said, just creating that healthy boundary and, and knowing what to say that you're so that you're comfortable and that you're not offending the uh, the other person. And um, yeah, that's interesting that, again, every place has a, every culture is a little bit different with the way that they eat or the way that they they socialize. I mean, you know, when we went to Paris nine years ago, I mean, everybody just sits outside in the little cafes and they have their croissants and their <laughs> coffee and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's lovely. I think that we, when we can come to not come to terms, but have the healthy boundaries or know a little bit more about what we're talking about, about emotions and things. It's really not necessarily about the food. That's what I say. It's not about the food. It's about what happens when we gather. Yeah. Like, you know, when we gather around a table or when we gather in a coffee shop, like what happens? That's what I love to tell people. Let's not so much focus on the food. Yes, make some good choices or have your boundaries or whatever. But then what's happening when we get together? I mean, that's maybe a different subject for a different time. But I always like to talk about that. And even as I've watched... Uh, my daughter through her recovery and being in different uh, observing other treatment programs, there's so much focus on the food because you have to eat it or you, you know, you know, because with the eating disorder and things like that, you have to eat the food and there's so much focus on that. And so it's like, but let's, let's focus on connecting with others, right. And getting to know them or being friends or sharing experiences and things like that, as opposed to focusing so much on the food. That's the thing that the environment really affects us so much, not only from the culture side, but really the close friends. So it's important for me. And I think this is what is really helpful to have like these growth friends who like are growing with you. So you are supporting each other on your journey and you can, and especially for women, this is like a huge topic, the vulnerability and talk about, about, your emotions and what you feel inside because many women think that they are weak if they are vulnerable this is the huge misconception and it's um i felt the same <laughs> so so i had to really work through it and realize how what is safe way for me to be vulnerable and how can i be vulnerable and feel strong because this is the real strength that we have as as women to actually work with these emotions and uh, like these female circles they are so powerful and not only female circles even if there is this masculine energy because I think we have all like masculine and feminine energy I feel it myself so I'm aware of it and I see it in my clients as well so again it's about the balance of it and um, this is something that really can help us with with the struggles that we are dealing and these food habits and patterns can be much more easier to handle and then we can share actually the tips how to you know uh, focus on meal prep situation so when we are so stressed and overwhelmed we don't want to think about food we don't want to struggle about what to cook and 
um, you know, pre preparation of how the process can be overwhelming at the moment. So, so it's important to create habits uh, uh, around actually the preparation process and it should be joyful. So um, this is also one part uh, how to how to work with it on emotional level to create more joy. So um, to handle this stressful situation is more easier and we don't struggle that much. And again, to have like friends who grow with you, uh, so you support each other and you can share actually the tips. Um, it's really helpful. Because mm -hmm. I'm hearing you say girlfriends, but I'm also hearing you say, I think, or at least sounds for me like grow friends. Yeah. Not, so yeah. Grow I friends. mean, you know, just, and it's, I love that because um, having, finding a group of women or men, if men are listening to this, that you can grow with. I think that's lovely. So we can be girlfriends or boyfriends, or we can just be, you know, have our grow, you know, our grow friends, a place that's safe. I think that's the, uh, the importance of support groups, if you will, you know, the 12 step programs are different types of support groups. And as I've mentioned on this show before, just other, I was in other circles. Um, I was involved in a women's circle that we met uh, once a month. And I did that for, I was in that group for a couple of two and a half years until um, during the pandemic, it, I decided to leave, leave the group. And, um, but, you know, again, be it that it's a, a Bible study at your church or, mm -hmm. You know, uh, sitting around at your health club and you're having coffee after you work out, finding a place that you can, yeah. uh, finding friends that you can be vulnerable with, like you're saying, and that can help you grow because we share tips on life, but we share tips on these things too. And I did a um, a group last week on Facebook about um, about meal prep and and you know planning, and that's what you're saying. I think that's one of the tips that we want you know people to hear is that that can be important. You know, it can it can be such a great thing when we sit down and plan a little bit what we're going to eat for the day and or for the week um, and planning that out and maybe doing some preparation in our shopping or in our cooking or, you know, prepping our making a whole bunch of rice or cooking the chicken breasts or cooking the fish. And so then we have to grab from in a real quick fashion as opposed to. Ah, it's going to take too long to cook. So I'm just going to run through the drive-through or pick yeah. up a bag of chips or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And during this planning process, if we really find a joy in it, so either do it with your family or, you know, just involve yourself, like maybe with some music or with listening some podcast, like whatever fills you and make you feel like uh, actually happy and joyful. So when we are in that joyful place uh, and joyful state, our brain starts to produce this dopamine. So we get this reward already during the planning process. That's why we are so excited about our vacations as well. So uh, this is something that is important. And when we start to incorporate these little habits and these little planning, maybe rituals, so we can start actually to level up the, the meal prep and then uh, our health because then we can we can start to be more mindful so we can start to think okay maybe uh, now we can 
you know, uh, search some more food that is rich to iron because it helps our brain and protects our neurons and all these neurochemical pathways. So um, then we can be even curious and, uh, you know, bring more variability in, into our meal. So, so all these little tiny steps then start to be actually having a huge effect on our oral health and um, it start to be joyful for your family as well because then like your husband start to be curious oh what is this oh it's dandelion I never thought that we could eat a dandelion you know and mm -hmm. and this is also what I think it's important and I love it uh, this herbalism and how we can use herbs that we can find everywhere um, so we can have much more nourishment and these minerals that are lacking in food that we buy from the shop because uh, of the soil and how it's raised up. So if we pick it up yourself and um, then like we can, like many flowers are, are edible and with beautiful taste and it looks good and mm. it all creates totally different like experience around the food. And um, if we start to do this, uh, then we start to be more mindful in these stressful situations when our brains start to be in odd patterns. So then it's easier to not hop into the same things as we did before. And it's easier to um, create more relaxed state of mind. It, it will become easier and easier over mm -hmm. over the practice it, it is the same as with any other practice with yoga practice we we enjoy it when we are in ashram <laughs> but but do we practice then when we are stressed with simple breathing maybe right mm -hmm. so it is just become to be more mindful about this and um yeah well i love what you said too you're just you're you're leveling it up i mean we all have to eat right and so but if we can level up by even, um, you know, I know for myself, um, last night when I was making dinner, um, it was just me here. And, um, and so I popped on a podcast, which all of a sudden I discovered it was a podcast that I had been interviewed for and it. So it went live and I was like, oh, great. I get to listen to this. And so, you know, I listen to that or often I'll turn on some music on my favorite Pandora station and start to cook. And it just... Like you said, mm -hmm. it it elevates it elevates yeah. the energy, it elevates the mood, even if it's by I'm here by myself because nobody's home yet or something like that from work. It just elevates it. That are having having your kids involved or having your husband involved to to make the meal or can you do this? I remember as my kids I mean, my kids know and my, my some of my friends have seen it. My kids have always been in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um and I've always allowed them there. And but that's the way I was raised. That's how I learned to cook and bake because I was there, you know, up on the chair next to my mom while she was making chocolate chip cookies and we learned how to make them and we'd lick the batter and things like that. But that's it made it fun. And so that's why I love to do it. I, you know, I cringe when some ladies say, well, I just don't I don't even like to cook. I don't even know how to cook. I'm like, oh, it's so it's too bad because. Hmm. you know, again, they are, then they weren't raised with mothers or fathers that, that really cooked that much and didn't teach them. But I love that my mom, you know, taught us all to do that. I mean, my cooking has evolved since then and whatnot, but 
I still love to bake. I still love a good chocolate chip cookie and a great um, loaf of banana bread or zucchini bread because that's what we that's what I grew up on. And um, so, again, if we can have these fun things, even if it's music or podcast or gathering together, um, we can really elevate that and make that. I like what you said. Then we're not falling back into those old patterns um, and those old behaviors, if you will. Um, and it's not getting boring. It's just much more, and it can be just having more people in the kitchen or throwing some dandelions in or something like that. Um, I don't know how you cook with those, but, um, and things like that. But I think it's uh, great. And as we kind of look at wrapping things up, I kind of saw, I heard a few things that, I mean, there's so much that we can talk about. And that's what I love talking with you because it just goes to the next thing and the next thing. But I think the importance of what we were sharing today is, um, some things or at least some tips and maybe you can share some tips some other tips if I haven't gotten them all or some things that you want to make sure that you share but you know the importance of knowing what your boundaries are I mean I've talked about that just here just with our um, boundaries with others how we show people how to treat us when we set those boundaries but knowing what your food boundaries are or what those boundaries are when you're around other people if it's around food or meals or things like that and the importance of support, you know, having our female friends, having our male friends, but having our grow friends, those that we can grow with, we can share tips with, we can feel vulnerable with and support each other. Um, and that idea of of meal prep, meal prep and planning, finding time to plan and prep so that we have things available to us that are, you know, easy to grab and prepare and things like that um, so that we can, you know, make those better choices. So is there anything else that you feel like are things that you help your clients with or that you feel is really important to to make sure that we add here too? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you've wrapped it perfectly. <laughs> I just think that it's important to say that there is no like single solution that would work for everybody because everybody has different background, different preferences, likes, dislikes, and different patterns, even though like these basic situations can be very similar, but way how we perceive it is very different. So um, this is important to be not so harsh on yourself when you figure out that this is not working for you. And to just know that there are so many ways uh, and if this one was not working for you, there is always a way how to find your unique, authentic way what would work for you. Some people like to prepare things like one day ahead. Some people do meal prep in the morning because they gather with their family at that specific time and some people don't like cooking, as you mentioned. So they need different approach and uh, it's important to know that you don't have to beat yourself for for this that this is not your cup of tea you know so that's that's why we are here <laughs> to mm -hmm. to create a space for you and work with you on this so i think this is important to know yeah yeah there's no i in regards to food i always say that's why they make chicken in parts because everything's not everybody loves mm -hmm. the breasts or the legs. And this, and that's what you're saying is that there's not always one way of doing things, um, yeah, but merely take the things that we shared today as some suggestions. And maybe you pick one or two or again, call a friend for support. Um, when my kids were younger, 
there'd be groups of gals that would get together and they'd uh, say, you bring, like they got together and prepped meals together. Mm. And then they went home with like a few freezer meals that they could put in um, the freezer. And um, I remember when I used to travel more and I would go on a trip with uh, my husband uh, for my business, I would prep the meals. And I, even though my mother would come and babysit the kids, I would always prep the meals. So it just made it easier for her. I mean, four kids and, you know, it was a lot for my mom mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I would just have, mm-hmm. and I would always, whenever I would prep them, like, why don't I do this all the time? So I have some meatloaf in the fridge or I have the chicken and peppers that I can throw in the crock pot. Like, why don't I do this all the time? Because it makes life easier, <laughs> right? But it it takes that planning and that time and, um, you know, sometimes calling a friend too. So um, I love our conversations, Michaela. I really appreciate your time today and uh, would love for people to know if they want to connect with you, how they can find you, be it in Prague or on the internet or things like that, how people can find you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this talk. Mm -hmm. I'm based in Czech Republic, but but I work well online. So you can find me on my web pages, uh, which is my name and surname.com, michaelachanekva.com. Feel free to book a call if you struggle with anything um, or you just would like to level up your health. Uh, It doesn't have to be always struggle. We we can always, you know, create growth and uh, more fulfilling life. Uh, So feel free to book a call and... Then you will find me on socials. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. So feel free to reach out there. Yeah, good. And I will put those in the show notes too, because again, your name is uh, not one that I am often uh, <laughs> spelling. So I'll put the you know the spelling of that in the show notes. You can look there. I think you kind of gave us the last words of things that, you know, there isn't um, if you want to level up your health, but anything you'd like to close with? Maybe we can close with uh, like question for listeners. What brings you joy? What what does bring you joy and uh, add this more to your life? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I'm all about joy and um, perhaps I'll send you one of my journey to joy journals, um, because that's what I yeah absolutely learned that when things get tough, we you know our joy seems to go from our lives, um, and that can be around many things. And I learned kind of in my journey of uh, back to joy, if you will, that I was kind of waiting for the joy to return. Mm-hmm. But I felt, but I also learned as time went on that perhaps I needed to go find it. You know, I needed to go find the joy and do the things and try new things. And so, and as I did that, and hopefully as listeners here too, as you can do that too, you can find that joy can come, that joy can come back. And I love you finishing that way to just say, think about the things that bring you joy, things that perhaps used used to bring you joy. Like we talked at the beginning, perhaps as a child, what were the things that made you joyful as a child? And think about those things and um, and do more of that. Do more. You don't have to wait who come to you, but you can right. create it in your life. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect way of ending. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, Moira. Thank you, listeners. Uh, again, please continue to share these podcasts with others, like and review them uh, so that we can, again, continue to share joy and uh, possibilities with others. Take care. Thanks for listening. 
If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.